Good day to you, and welcome to the podcast for the Union Street Meeting House. In this podcast, we will be sharing messages from our weekly worship services. Union Street Meeting House is a Christian ministry that introduces people of all ages to Jesus Christ and recalls those who once knew Him back into an intimate, vibrant, living relationship with Him. We are a house for Christian fellowship and personal growth. You are always welcome here at Union Street Meeting House. Let's go into this week's message right now. First of all, just welcome to Union Street Meeting House this morning. So today we, uh, we are honored to have guests today speak and uh, we uh, um, have Pastor Miguel Aubin and Kayla Miller. They are from Love in the Name of Christ, Love Inc. And um, they are a para-ministry that comes alongside of churches and helps churches. And you're going to hear about that today. And I want you to hear about it. We have chosen them to be a partner ministry with us to help us in those areas that we're, we're certainly not ready for or can handle just yet. But yet we have a desire to help people. And so we are just excited about what they do. And they'll tell you more about it in a few moments. And so um, we're going to let them share today. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. We are so grateful to be gathered in your name this morning. We love you. We ask that you bless this service. Holy Spirit, fill this service. Have your way with us today, Lord. May we be always led by you, Lord, and not by our own thoughts, ideas. And so, Lord, just bless this time that we have together. We glorify you today. We want to hear from you. And so speak to us, Lord. Speak to us today. And let us minister to one another here today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Guide us into all truth. Lead us into the path of righteousness. For your name's sake, O Lord, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. As Pastor Tim mentioned, um, we are from Love, Inc., um, and he kind of stole my line because I really love to share the part about how Love, Inc. stands for in the name of Christ. Um, so he, he beat me to it, but that's my favorite thing to share because that is at the very heart, very root of absolutely everything that we do, um, not only individually, but as our organization. Um, we are there to minister to people through Christ working through us. Um, it's not of ourselves. It's not for any other purpose. Um, our mission statement is to mobilize the church to transform lives and communities in Jesus' name. So also, because the church is his body, everything that we do through Christ in the name of Christ is done through his church um, through different fellowships in our area Um, so I get the privilege of of traveling around on different Sunday mornings um, to share about this Um, but just a fellowship with with you all from from uh, all over Sussex County even beyond Sussex County Um, and that's been an amazing process this past year we've been in um, you guys are, are close to the 20th. I never know the exact number, but that we've been able to, to be a part of. So I just love being able to be here with you. Thank you for wel- welcoming us so much. Um, thank you for allowing us to just join in worshiping with you. Um, so Love, Inc., I'm going to share some of the practical aspects of what our ministry does um, and then also the, the deeply transformative aspect of Love, Inc. Um, so for we have a connection center, which is located in Georgetown, um, and we also have a Seaford campus. So I'll talk first about 
about our connection center. Um, that is where needs are processed. So to explain that a little bit, um, if a church comes across an individual um, that is asking for help, um, they may not know this person, um, they, they direct them. We encourage churches to direct these people to our connection center um, so where we verify, we verify needs um, and then plug people into the best resource to meet their need. Um, so because unfortunately sometimes you have situations where someone might be um, coming to multiple different churches asking for the, the same thing. Um, and, and churches, individuals, we really just want to feel free to give, be generous, um, to love on people without having to worry about is this so is this person just trying to um, just trying to have one over on me? Um, and you never want to assume the worst, but you also we have to use wisdom when meeting needs. Um, so. We have a full um, process, intake process that we go through with people at the Connection Center. Our volunteers there are very faithful to take their time with people. I always tell someone, if you're calling the Connection Center, leave a message if you don't get through and they will get back with you, but they're not going to rush off the phone with the person they're currently on the phone with. Um, so that's something that, that's really great about that. They pray with people, listen to where they're at. Um, and then once that need is verified, once we've called the electric company, called that person's employer, whatever needs to happen... Um, we will we will either reach out to churches um, to be able to say like hey are you able to help out this person that it did check out that they really do need um, their electric bill paid this month are you able to pay a portion or um, maybe maybe the whole or, or meet with another church to do this we have a lot of churches working together in this um, so so that's how that works for that um, if it's a need that we can meet our, our Seaford campus. They will direct them to us. Um, and so over there, um, we have laundry facility, shower facility. Um, a lot of the people who are physically walking to our location there are, have been in a homelessness situation, some of them for um, a short term, some of them for a very long time. Um, and a lot of us really take for granted just the ability to be clean. Um, but even that basic need is not always accessible to everyone. So um, we have that availability there. We also have food. Um, that we give out um, both larger food bags that can be you can make an appointment through the Connection Center to receive those those are um, tailored specifically to your living situation we're not going to give you a frozen chicken if you're living in your car. Um, super not practical there. Um, or if, if you're in a hotel, um, a lot of times these are specifically microwavable meals um, to just really meet this person where they are. Um, also, we give out food at the door. Um, so this is not something, that the food at the door is not something that um, anyone has to make an appointment for. This is just grab and go. You can come get a meal. We, um, we give out, I believe it's on average, it's it's close getting close to a thousand meals per month um, at this point that we're so that is a lot of personal interactions. Um, a couple days ago at the door, you know, we see some of the same people. We have some of our regulars, um, and I was able to just there was there was a woman there who shared with me um, she had just lost her baby. Um, all three of these people, uh, mind you, have been living on the streets. So she just lost her her baby, had a miscarriage. Another one of them was currently very high at the moment. Was was just really struggling. Um, and then the other gentleman um, had just been diagnosed with, with cancer. Um, and so I just really felt compelled to offer them, um, can I pray with you all? And and it just was a beautiful full thing. These people who've been broken for so long, maybe feel like the Lord has given up on them to just gather around together, all four of us, and just pray to the Lord, ask for his peace, his comfort, thank him for, for his care for our lives. And by the end, um, one of them, you know, had tears coming down her eyes. And just seeing these interactions is just... It's, 
it's what we do it for. Um, also, we have our clothing closet where people are able to come and get clothing. We also very much uh, try to pray with people there, um, be there for them. Um, and then uh, just the other aspect, which is um, kind of really the most important, is the transformation aspect because we're not about just giving a handout and saying bye-bye. You know, we want to be, like I said, the hands and feet of Christ. So we are... Um, we have transformational ministries um, that involves multiple classes, um, whether that's finance courses, nutritional courses, Bible study. Even our finance course um, it is rooted in scripture to be able to say, okay, God has created us. He's given us everything that we have. How do we, how do we steward these resources that God has blessed us with? Um, and then we also have mentorship, which is just a really um, exciting new program where people are able to be paired with a mentor to meet one-on-one -on -one, once a week or every other week for an hour. Um, and these mentors can be, can be any, any believer um, who is just willing to say, okay, I'm going to take a short training um, and then I'm just going to be here for this person, um, meet with them um, and, and just be an accountability, um, help them meet their goals, be able to share your own testimony. Okay, yes, I've been, uh, you know, be able to say, okay, yeah, you're going through something really hard. This is what I've been through. This is how Jesus impacted in my life in that way. Um, so we just we just are excited to, to have all of these things going on. We're really, really appreciative to now be able to be partnering with your church. Um, and thank you guys so much. Um, and just we'll, we'll hopefully have a lot of different interactions with you guys um, as we continue in our partnership. Um, I'm going to invite Miguel forward. He's going to bring the word. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. God is good. I was... I was driving here this morning with a church member of mine and, and our baby. My wife had to stay back home. And as I was driving, I was in the front. The baby was falling asleep in the back with my church member right next to her. Um, I started thinking, oh, man, God, you're so merciful to me. Why? Why are you so merciful? Why have you been so merciful? And I always, this is something I always hear from him, to make sure you ne never make my kingdom about you. To make sure that you never make my kingdom about you. And I wanted to just share that because once we make his kingdom about us, is when we begin to walk around like dry bones. A person that's been hired into a company and they never produce and have no results. Mm. A person that someone will say, and they believe in God? And then we will say many times, we're saved by grace, so we're good. To, to justify ourselves, right? But we have been saved by grace, right? Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Right? We need that grace. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about being grateful to make sure that we are able to be part of God's kingdom with his power in us. Because we don't have nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. So it's his power in us. Um, my name is Miguel. Um, I've been pastoring for almost seven years. My wife and I uh, met in the Salvation Army Training College. 
We served in the Salvation Army for almost six years, but we fell in love with this county. We were, we were stationed here in the Salvation Army in Sussex County, and we have seen the powerful way that God is moving in this county. But, and you ask me, but how do you know? Well, I've been, I've been pastoring in different states because in the Salvation Army, they move you around like the Methodist Church. So I have seen experience of how the church functions in different places. And what I've seen that is special in Sussex County is that pastors are there for each other and care for each other. And that means that their congregation learns to make sure that it's not just about their part of the body. They're not, we're not the whole, this church is not the whole body, right? Might be a, whole, a leg, it might be a, 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 a pinky, right? It's, it's a part of the body. And we gotta be in relationships with other parts of the body. And as you know, we, are, we can be wicked people and that is hard sometimes. And I see that in Sussex County, that as believers, we're making that attempt to come together. Is, is it perfect? No. But is it um, completely in, in, in a different level that I've seen in other states, in, in New Hampshire, in New York, uh, in Pennsylvania, in different states? Yeah. Um, I believe that in Sussex County, um, God is doing a good work. So I, we told the Lord they were ready to move us to another state after almost four years here. And we told the Lord, Lord, you know we will follow wherever you send us. But if you can make a way and keep us in this county, we will be grateful. And he did. And um, my wife and I are... are um, are so grateful to God to be part of the Love Inc. ministry. Um, I function already, uh, how I function in Love Inc., I was already functioning like that in my previous ministry. Um, I, I always partner with other churches um, because other churches have different gifts, different talents. Our churches have different resources. And I, we saw in the Salvation Army good God moving in a powerful way in, in, in all aspects, especially the finances. As, as you have to raise a certain amount of money in bell ringing. In the, in, in, that's how I know uh, Milton real well, right? Yeah. Um, because you guys ring the bell right there in Food Lion and, and in Walgreens sometimes, right? Yeah. And, and you guys are very tight, this, this community here. And I know that because of the bell ringing. Well, in the bell ringing, before we got to uh, Sussex County, they were raising $140,000. When we left last winter, two winters ago, we finished $340,000 in a month and a half. Now, some people will say, how are you doing that, Miguel? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm asking for help. <laughs> the community, the churches are coming together because they see how God is moving, and they just want to be a part of it, Right? And you have no answer. We, I love to not have an answer for what only God can get the glory for. That's right. That's right. It's easy for us to aim for things that we can achieve. The hard part is to aim for things that we won't be able to get the glory for. Because right. mm -hmm. it's not about us. Right. It was about him doing it through us. So that's a problem sometimes for us, right? Mm -hmm. We'll aim for what we can get the glory for. And it's nowhere near for what God can do through us. So that's just a little bit of a context of where my wife and I come from. And now in Love, Inc., we, we, we're part of an amazing team. Um, 
Kayla and her husband were, were with us administering in the Salvation Army, and then they came with us to, to Love, Inc. Um, and with her um, gifts and talents that God has blessed her with, we've met with over 70 churches in less than a year, and we've um, been to over 20 churches on Sundays, just like this. And that is because um, she loves God, and she loves people, and she loves the body, so um, I'm grateful for what she does. My wife and what she does, we've, we've helped 16 people through transform, transformational ministries, 16 in less than a year, go from homelessness to a place to live. Amen. Amen. That's a big number. And we believers want to hear this type of testimonies because it should not be enough for us to give some clothes or some food and say, God bless you. Mm -mm. God has invested in you and in me intensely so that we can be where we are. So how could we not let his Holy Spirit use us to be part of someone's life in the same way? Because only transformation only comes with the church. Loving's mission statement is to mobilize the church and transform lives in Jesus' name. There's no transformation if the church isn't involved or isn't mobilized. Because only transformation can only come through Jesus Christ, and Christ moved through us. We are his body. So Love, Inc., is, we've been able to see great results in less than a year because the church has been getting involved. And you guys have already been doing wonderful things. So when I sit down with your, with your pastors, with your leadership team, they're just hungry for more. God's already been using you guys, and they just want more. And they want you guys to also have an opportunity to be able to use what God has given you for his glory. And um, that's why I'm so grateful that you guys have brought us here. Um, when you leave the Salvation Army, you leave with nothing. They own everything you have. They give you the opportunity to just focus on the ministry. Great insurance, but it's not yours. Cars, but they're not yours. The house, but it's not yours. The furniture is not yours. Nothing is yours. So to leave, it wasn't like just leaving another ministry or another job, right? And we just had a baby a month before we made the decision. So I had a lot of people saying, you guys are crazy. <laughs> You're losing your security. How are you going to provide for your family? You have nothing. Even some believers talking to us like this. Because sometimes we forget that it's God that is the provider. Right. He is in the details of our lives. Right. And when he was leading us to, to be part of Sussex County in, a, in the long term to different ministries, I remember him saying clearly to me, I am the provider, not the Salvation Army. That's right. That's right. So we made the decision. Nothing in our name. A TV, our computer, iPad, our dogs, <laughs> our baby. So I needed help. And you know, I don't, I, it's easy for me to ask for help. You know why? Because I'm not the most gifted, the most talented. I am not the smartest. And I know that I need others with those gifts. I don't have all the answers for anything, 
So I've, God has taught me in a weird way to recognize that I am nothing. So involve, involve, involve my people, Miguel, with everything. So I asked for a meeting. A friend of mine knew some car dealer. And I asked for a meeting. I told my friend, hey, Rob, can you help me get a meeting with your friend who I know? But you, if, if you ask him for this meeting, it's, it's, it's a little different, right? You know about those type of meetings, right? So he got me a meeting with the person that I know, but that he knows better. And we sat down in the Golden Eagle Diner in Seaford. And in my mind, all I wanted was for him to help us get a car with lower down payments. That's all I wanted. The night before, I told my wife something that I haven't shared many with people because it doesn't make sense, right? I told my wife the night, all I wanted to go in the meeting was to get lower payments in a car, but I told my wife before, we might get a free car. <laughs> so it's weird. It doesn't make sense. The math doesn't add up. So I sit down with this man for three hours, and he ends up saying to me after three hours, Miguel, I am going to give you a car free. This is the amount of the money I'm going to give you, which is a lot of money. And he said, you can buy a car. Isn't God the God of details? And the provider? We left with nothing. We didn't leave looking for the comfort first, right? We were leaving the comfort. (laughs) He says to me, I'm going to give you a car. And then he, 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 this is how you know people in Sussex County are different. He says, I hope you, you give my dealership a chance. <laughs> he's giving me the money of the car. And then he's just, he, he's like, you don't have to buy the vehicle from my dealership. But just look around. See, see, see if you can give us a chance. Guess where I bought the vehicle from? From his dealership. How? Messed up would I have been if I went to another dealership. Hey, I gave you I gave your dealership a chance, but I didn't find nothing that fit me and my wife. <laughs> right? And from that moment on, I started thinking, man, I gotta be grateful to this man. He is helping us in this when we have nothing. This is a miracle from God. God is using him. I got to be grateful to him. And I get goosebumps when I say this. Because many times we put God in a box and we forget that he is the provider. He has always been. He's not going to give me a Lamborghini, right? But he's going to give me a car that I need. That's where we get the provider thing in the church in the wrong context. And to use that to bring Lord people in and lie to them, right? No. And I'm like, I have to be grateful to this man. How can I be grateful to him? All right, I'm going to, if I go, if every time I see him, because we go, we have different functions as people in the community, we gather for different meetings. If every time I see him and I give him a hug, saying, thank you so much for this car, you are a blessing, he's going to think I'm weird. (laughs) He's going to think, oh man, you're out of line. I, I gave you the car, leave me alone. Right? Like, like this is too much. You're embarrassing me. Every time you see me, you hug me and you say, thank you for this car. That's how I wanted to be grateful. Right? That's how I wanted to, I, I, I could do that. If he was, I wanted, but then I'm like, no, that is going to be weird in my head. You know, I'm in my head a lot. And I'm like, how about, I'm just going to text him for Thanksgiving. 
text them for Christmas, text them New Year's, and I almost texted him this past Valentine's. <laughs> but that would have been too much. But I've, I've thanked, and I'm like, hey, brother, thank you very much for everything you've done for us. Have a good time with your family. God bless you. It's my text. Do you think that I'm ever going to stop being grateful for what he did? No, shame on me if I ever do. You know that we many times go about in our walk with God with ungrateful hearts. And we forget that we were people that have also needed rescue from our wicked ways. That we also deserve eternal death. And then we begin to walk around not asking the Lord, Lord, here I am. Not telling him, here I am, send me. Lord, here I am, send me. Because when we become ungrateful, we become complacent. We've made the kingdom about us and not about God who makes his kingdom about others who do not know him. But we have come to the knowledge of knowing him. So it's no longer about us. It was for a little bit once when we needed to come to the knowledge that we needed a savior and then remain in him and abide in him. In Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to be reading from three different portions of scripture. I'm not going to be breaking them down um, completely. Um, but I believe that God will, will get across the message that he is trying to get across. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, it says, Once you were dead because, oh, and I'm reading from the NLT, New Living Translation version. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. I love this portion of scripture in Ephesians because it's one of the scriptures that Paul, he's talking to Gentiles. And he's trying to reel them back in to remember that the gospel is for them as well. And also talking to those who are trying to make the gospel only about the Jews. He's trying to bring unity and trying to teach them what the gospel is all about. So he's addressing them. This is who you used to be. And this is who you used to be and I used to be. So we have something in common don't we love to have things in common with each other? So we also have something in common with those that sometimes we see as hopeless. With those that sometimes might not smell the best. With those who might have a good living place but are not handling their finances correctly. And we look at them as, how dare you should know better. Right? We have something in common. We were all disobedient. We used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. And it says he is the, he, the, of the devil. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. 
beautiful. We all deserve this anger. So we should make sure that we're humble enough to let the Lord use us for those that do not know him. And it, it could look like our family members, right? I'm sure we all have family members that we are praying for, right? It can be for our coworkers, those in this circle, and those we do not know. But God is so rich in mercy. I love this. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So you see, I also believe in this. We've been saved by grace. Freely. We could not do anything. No action that we can do for, for we can't do anything for God. We can't do anything for anybody else to earn our salvation. Oof. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 7. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So we have to be grateful for our salvation. That's my first point. That's what I've been talking to you about. Grateful for our salvation. And we got to remain grateful. Abide and remain in Christ. And we cannot abide and remain in him if we don't remain grateful. Because as soon as that we become uh, ungrateful, we become prideful. And we begin to take credit for what can only be given credit to him. We begin to boast about things that he is doing through us, but we no longer, we forget that it is him in us. And we forget that we are his masterpiece. You know, the gospel is so simple and powerful. He created Adam and Eve to walk with him. He created us to, so that we can walk with him. We can be in relationship with him. That's our God. And we complicate it so much because we forget that it's about him. He just wants us to walk with him, to love him because he first loved us. That is the gospel. Actually, that's 90% of the gospel. If we can do that correctly, then we can be used by him to love our neighbors. My second point is being grateful for his calling for us. That he has called us to love him and love others. 
grateful for salvation and grateful for our calling to love him and love others. And if you can turn to Matthew, actually, I'm going to read from, turn to, um, um, let me see. Matthew 22, verse 34 through 40. Matthew 22, verse 34 through 40. And I'm going to move along. Um, just um, It says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God, love others. Miguel's simplified version. <laughs> love God, love others. We can't love others if we don't love God and we don't put him first. Because we can't even love our own family members sometimes. The ones that we're supposed to love, right? They're even hard to love. <laughs> we're even hard to love sometimes. So how much harder is it going to be to love a neighbor? A stranger? And, and you can just write this down in Luke chapter 6, 27 through 36. It says, uh, what, my favorite part of this portion of scripture, Luke chapter 6, 27 through 36, is this following verse. It says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. I love Jesus. And the reason why I love Jesus is because, yes, his grace, mercy, love, he saved me. But he's equipped me to be able to achieve purification and holiness through the helper, the Holy Spirit. Do you know that he has equipped you with the helper to be set apart? For eternity. To be pure and holy. And that doesn't happen in a snap of a finger. I'm sure there's people who have experienced holiness like that. I believe it. But most of us, <laughs> it's a process. A process in which his mercy must be used daily as he is sanctifying us and purifying us, as we're surrendering things that are not of him and adding things that are of him. And one of those things is we have to love those who can't do anything back for us because Jesus has loved you and you can't do nothing for him. He died for you and for me Paid the price in the cross of Calvary for people who could not give him anything back. So when we look at the gospel, if we want to see God move in 2023 and on, we have to be believers 
that want to be used by God in the places that are not comfortable for us. You see, coming up to church on Sunday like this is so important. That's what helped me in the beginning of my walk with God 12 years ago when I was 20. After dealing with seven years of drug addiction. After I got, I got sober, I sat down in the pulpit and I listened to the word of God for a whole year. And that really worked in my life. So coming and listening to the word of God and lifting up praises of songs, is that's what we've been created for. But this is nowhere near the intention of the gospel and the kingdom of God. We can get comfortable in this place, in this building, in all the other 200 buildings which the church gathers in in Sussex County. We can get comfortable seeing faces that we see all the time. We can get comfortable asking the same people how they're doing. And that's important. We must first minister to each other and not judge each other, but show mercy to each other and help us pick each other up when we're down and say, yes, that's not of God and you know it and you came to him and he is showing you mercy. Let's pray and he will forgive you and you will be made clean indeed. That's what we should do as believers. But that is to prepare us to go to those who can't do anything for us, to the uncomfortable. I minister in Harlem, New York. You want to be uncomfortable? You don't have to go there. Sussex County has it. They do. This is from someone who's not from here. Sometimes those who are not local can be a blessing, right? God can use, uh, use them to open spiritual eyes in a different way. Sometimes we can't see what's in our normal surroundings. And let me tell you, Working with kids of 50 kids in a roster with Kayla and Grant in our last ministry, we saw kids that did not know anything about the Word of God, will burn their heads trying to heat up something in the microwave. The kid, they can't reach it, so they had to get on a stool because they don't even have parents to, to help them heat up something in the microwave. Going to pick them up in their apartment. Miguel, why are you going there? Do you know that that's the grandmother of the biggest drug dealers? And I had easy access. I will go in. It took me 30 minutes to get them out because they couldn't find their shoes because they live in such a, such a mess. They will take care of themselves. We can be in the uncomfortable now. Are you going to surrender and trust the Lord that he's going to go with you? Because your church leadership is ready. They've been doing it. <laughs> they want to do it more. That's why they want, they want, they're partnering with Love Inc. Because we're constantly encountering people that we would normally see as hopeless. And always oh, their fault they're in that situation. It's our fault too. We deserve death. <laughs> Some of them didn't know any better. Some of them were raised in a broken home. Parents not part of their life, drug addicts. Died maybe some in front of some of them. I'm saying these stories because this is what I've heard. So how could they know any better? Sometimes, and so sometimes we go, oh, it's their fault. 
Think about it. We forget to be grateful for our salvation, forget to be grateful for our calling to love him and love others. I'm going to close with um, one last story, and then I'm going to close with the last portion of Scripture. Um, I might go a little bit over, Pastor. Um, a couple of years ago, I was helping some guy who had just come out of jail. He had assaulted a cop. He did 10 years of jail, and he came for help. And we were ministering to him for two weeks, and um, this is in my previous ministry. And I know I'm Colombian. I know I'm supposed to like the heat, right? Oh, you're Colombian. You, you love the heat, right? No, I, I got to New York when I was eight years old. I like my 60 degrees. That's me. I can't stand the heat. can't stand it. And it, we were ministering to him during the hottest time of the year. I think it was July, August. And um, I was in the parking lot, so it was hot. And after two weeks, he, he, he's crying in the parking lot in frustration, saying, how do I know God is real? How do I know he loves me? Right? And I'm hot. Just remember, I'm hot. <laughs> Already two weeks with him. And I can be a little blunt, but... I'm very blunt, but this was completely blunt. I said to him, you know how God loves you? You think it's been me spending the last two weeks with you? You think it's, it's been me doing this, doing this, doing that? That's been God showing you that he's still here for you, that he loves you. Because Miguel will want to be in his house with the air conditioner on at 65 petting both his dogs at the same time. <laughs> Think about it. Our flesh, our nature is about making it about us and being comfortable. So I wanted him to see it is not me. It is Christ through me. That's right. Because I would prefer to be cold right now instead of hot. I want to be home with my dogs. And it's not bad to want to do, be, do those things, right? Our families are ministry too. We can't forsake our family. Some, we might be the, the only gospel and kingdom of God they see after they turn 18 in a long time. So we got to be faithful to that too. But we got to be ready to be uncomfortable too. That's why my, la my last point is grateful for accountability. We believers mention his mercy, his grace, his love, but we forget that he is going to hold us accountable. It's in his word. It's in his word. Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46, and this is what I'm closing with. And I'm going to read that one again from the NLT version. Matthew 25, verse 31. And after I finish reading this, I'm going to read to you a short paragraph of what I, I found a commentary. And this writer put this portion of scripture in this one paragraph in a beautiful way that 
I didn't need, I just want to read from that, okay? In Matthew 25, verse 31, it says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathering his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at the right hand and the goats in his, at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? Verse 40. And then the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. <coughs> then he will reply, they will, then they will reply, Lord. When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. It, 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 I'm sure pastor has broken that down to you before. He will, okay? It has a lot in it. So this, uh, this is why I love this next paragraph. Because when we read that, we go, whoa, that's tough. How true of it is it, right? Like, he was very direct. That was Jesus. Red letters. <laughs> Did he mean that? Right? Well, it's a little bit more... Then, then what it reads just like that. It says, in fact, Jesus himself makes it clear in the parable that the salvation of the sheep is not based on their works. <sighs> wow. All right. You're starting to like that parable a little more, right? <laughs> their inheritance was, their, was theirs since the creation of the world. Long before they could ever do any good works. The good works mentioned in the parable are not the cause of salvation, but the effect of salvation. The good works mentioned in the parable are not the cause of salvation, but the effect of salvation. As Christians, we become like Christ. In Romans 8.29, 2 Corinthians 3.18, Colossians 2.6-7 tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Good works in a Christian's life are the direct overflow of this trait and are only acceptable to God because of the relationship that exists between servant and master, the safe and their savior, the sheep and their shepherd. The core message of the parable of the sheep and goats is that God's people will love others. Good works will result from our relationship to the shepherd. Followers of Christ will treat others with kindness, serving them as if they were serving Christ himself. So out of re the real thing that we're going to be held accountable is about our relationship with him. And how serious we really took in being in relationship with him. Because if we are one with him, just read Acts and see what he can do through us. Let's not read Acts as a fairy tale story. That is the same Holy Spirit that's with us now. So Lord, here we are. What do you want to do through us? And in this moment, reflect. Have we been grateful lately for the salvation that he has given us? Have we thought about it lately? Wow. Thank you, God. You, you've, you've saved me. And I did not deserve it. Wow, God. Thank you for all those people who, who lifted us up when we were down. That was you using them. Thank you for, for that. Because that was very needed in the beginning of, of my walk with you through salvation. Thank you, God, that you've called me to walk with you, to love you and love others. When was the last time that we thanked him for that? Thank you, God, that you've created me to walk with you, love you, because you've loved me first, and now you, you're calling me to love others. And thank you, God, because you've provided with everything where I will have no excuse and where I could be held accountable if I am not faithful with these gifts and talents that you've given me and with the helper which helps me pursue you and know you, the Holy Spirit. So as Kayla just plays the piano just very softly, I'm going to ask us just, just to rise and I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And and as I pray, just think of things that you have forgotten to thank God for. Lord, we thank you for our children. What a blessing it is that you gave us the privilege to be able to have life and be responsible for them. 
Thank you, Lord, that in the times in which we could not be able to control them anymore, you've helped us remember that you are in control of their lives, that you are their God. Thank you, God, that you will not forsake them as you have not forsaken me. Thank you, Lord, that you want to do a miracle in our children's life just as you've done it in my life. Thank you, God, because I have a roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, because we know that there is so many in all parts of the world and here in Sussex County that don't have a roof of their own. Thank you, God, because we don't have to share a room in a hotel with seven other people. Thank you, God, because we can come to a place like this and be your body. That we can come to you just how we are without having to hide anything from you because you know us. There's nothing we can hide from you. So, Father, forgive us. Have mercy on us for making your kingdom about us and not about you. For forgetting that you have called us to be pure and holy. Forgive us for making the gospel about gathering twice a week. Forgive us, Father, that we forgot that it's about a constant remaining and abiding in you. And we thank you that through your word, you bring us back to the foundation. And that is you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the different leaders of the church and pastors who want to see us walk with you hand in hand. Father, we ask you to bless the leadership team in this church, their pastors. It is not easy what they do, Lord. It is hard. So many questions come to them. If they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, if it is enough, why aren't they getting it? Why can't they surrender? Why can't they commit? Why can't understand? Why can't they understand that nothing is gonna satisfy them but you, Jesus? Thank you for those pastors and those leaders that do not forget that they once were in the same shoes and you did not forget about them. Thank you, Lord, because we can be part of this body that will not judge each other, but will lift each other up. That will speak truth to our lives. That we will not go away from the gospel and the truth of your word, but that the truth will be the truth and it will challenge our wicked ways. Thank you for that. And thank you, God, for new opportunities. Your mercies are new every morning. So we ask that once we leave this building, that we can be hungry 
and thirsting to put your kingdom and your righteousness first, trusting that you will add on everything else to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us and remind us that you have a lot of work to do in us and teach us and help us. And now this final part of the prayer, and we can all repeat it together. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Ready or not, it is you and I. It is your power. So you will use me to love those who can't do anything for me. And I will be an example to my family of what it is to surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. so much for joining us for today's message. You know, we would love to invite you to come and visit us in person sometime. If you're ever in our area, you can find us at 415 Union Street in Milton, Delaware, where we have prayer and worship services on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m., Bible study on Saturday evenings at 7 p.m., and a Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. We would love to minister to your children as well. We offer children's church during the adult service. Children are excused to go back to their classes right after the worship time. You can also find more information about us on the web at unionstreetmeetinghouse.org or on Facebook at Union Street Meeting House. So we look forward to sharing the message with you next week. Hope you'll return to this podcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.